Hello and welcome back to Bullet Crypto. My name is James. This video is for the 14th of April 2020. We're going to be doing a general market update and checking in on Bitcoin, a few other cryptocurrencies, and then some news from the past couple of days or so. But just before we do begin, don't forget to subscribe, follow uh, wherever you are consuming this content because it helps support the channel. Get that. Juicy bull and bear goodness straight to you as soon as it re is released. And of course, go to bullandbearcrypto.com forward slash insider because we're going to be dropping something very key on the email list uh, in the next couple of days. So do make sure you are subscribed there so you don't miss out. But let's begin. So let's take a quick look at the markets these past couple of days starting off with S&P 500. So let me just quickly talk about some macro things I'm observing right now. Okay, and we'll talk about technicals because the S&P 500, generally speaking, has been considered a proxy or a means of gauging the American economy. The top 500 companies um, being traded, their stocks being traded on this market now. What's very interesting is there is no real economic activity. The markets are doing exceptionally well since the bounce it had on the 23rd of March. It's really uh, seen a nice, nice bounce. But realistically speaking, there's not really been any true economic activity. Um, and I see this game being played out where um, the Fed is printing money, um, providing liquidity, buying um propping up these what some uh commentators call zombie companies where um the stock price isn't a really good proxy of the economic activity or the profits or what's happening with the actual company um so one thing one thing to be very clear here in terms of the medium to short to medium term is that if lock down um, is kind of loosened up in terms of coronavirus in the states then I'd expect us to reach um, and I need to give a time frame if, if we do have a loosened lockdown in the states uh, probably within by June July within that kind of time period where are we March April May June July yeah I'd say around then or before then then the stock market is likely to see new highs new all-time highs and we're probably just going to continue on going as we have always gone and reach new highs um, a lot of people are calling this a great recession slash depression i think it really does have the potential to be that all the key factors are there black's one of the best we're seeing you know uh, you know uh, pro probably the greatest um slowing down in of the actual economy and of course the american economy is based on consumer spending so if no one's spending any money or earning any money to spend then the economy technically shouldn't then the, the the economy isn't really going to grow and that being reflected on the stock market is something that i wouldn't expect to see in the immediate future however if we do have a continued lockdown where i'm talking towards the end of year august and beyond then I'll expect us to really move into this depressive state and we can start seeing the stock market um, be more reflective of what we would expect to see given the current situation. Um, so let me talk 
about what I mean. So that means, you know, the low we reached on the 25th of March, I expect us to break below and really set new lows for the year. But the first key test is coming up right now, which is the 50-day moving average. And why do I say it's a key test? Well, generally speaking, moving averages, long-term moving averages, 50, 100, and 200 day are really good indicators whether we're um, trading in a healthy or not so healthy state. I mean, if you look at S&P 500 now, it looks like a cryptocurrency with, with the volatility. If you, if you were to look, you, arguably this looks like a Bitcoin chart of the 2017 run. It's gone parabolic, crazy moves, bit of a correction, then we keep climbing up and up and up, and then we see the first kind of breakdown. Um, right right now for me personally looking at the looking at the the p500 if we start to get rejected from the 50 200 and 100 day moving averages moving averages then i would probably expect to see new lows a new downside and of course this all correlates to new being released lots is being done to kind of prop up the stock market things that the president is saying um not really reflective of what should be done situation but um things he's saying the right things to keep the economy and i use economy very loosely in this term what i mean is up the news that came out today was that hedge funds might start getting bailed out which would mean i mean there is a role there is a certain place for that especially considering a lot of people's um are tied in to hedge funds so in a certain respect if they're not bailed out then people's pensions will kind of mean nothing but um in some regard but i mean there's some there should be some kind of ring fencing ring, ring fencing to kind of protect protect that but still stocks down markets down um so you know in the immediate future i could see us seeing, seeing approaching our last kind of final hurrah with the, with the traditional market traditional markets before we see a proper rejection and more realistic uh, price action based on uh, the current uh, economic climate. Um, so I'd expect to see rejections from the 50, 100 and 200 day moving averages moving forward. So there's still some room there. Let's talk about gold. Gold is doing really well. And if you remember, if you've been following the channel, I said, and I'll say it time and time again, um, in terms of making gains on gold, Generally speaking, gold isn't too great in terms of percentage gain. When gold does well, it's usually maximum 5%. However, there are gold stocks that you can follow, which are cash rich, that are healthy, healthy, um, healthy fundamentals, which are traded quite well. One of them, again, I mentioned again, I followed it again, uh, my uh, stock my stockbroker friends who works at one of the largest firms in London, um, he he recommended me just watch this stock, Barrick Gold Corporation. Um, and it always does well. It always performs well. It outperforms gold when gold is doing well. So I do recommend taking a look at this, this stock. Um, when gold is usually up uh, a percent or two, Barrick Gold is usually up 5%. When gold was up 5% uh, not so long ago, Barrick was up 10%. So it's a nice proxy if you would like to take advantage of the movements in gold um, and like to make significant gains. Um, let's move on to crude oil before we uh, look at crypto specifically. Um, so crude oil futures. 
So like crude oil futures rather, um, OPEC, OPEC countries have ultimately come to a deal where they're going to, to manage supply and not completely flood the market with uh, oil. So the price of oil technically should be on the rise in the future. Um, this isn't really represented in the price, so I can expect to see $15 a barrel. That is potentially there for like oil futures. Let me just quickly check um, what else we have on here because I'll just make sure um, that I am Brent crude oil. That is also reflected in the price here. So we have $32 uh, for Brent oil at the moment currency.com let me just check another ticker because that doesn't see WTI that's the one we want to look at so that's $21 as well okay so that's pretty much the same as like crude oil futures um, so just chart we're getting a lot of sell side pressure we're getting a lot of profit taking on the way down uh, long upper wigs so we zoom in to the four hour time we'll take another looky look uh, we can see we're trading below the 50 and 100 day moving average we're being rejected. And we're just moving into that range. We'd expect to kind of start always trading. However, looking at volume, volumes is volumes increasing on the way down. Still. Um, let's zoom in a tiny bit more. Let's get a bit more detail. So we do have somewhat increasing volume on this move down, but it's still compared to the overall moves we've seen market which have shown significant volatility which indicates to me we're going to probably probably start to sideways trade again around $20 a barrel provided this momentum isn't completely you know we don't think you time which is probably going to come from some um, fundamental news or not so fundamental news from America because they have a part to play in this uh, which I have to refresh memory in terms of how oil markets work but I know I'm I I'm not I'm not the best in terms of understanding fundamentals how the supply and demand works for oil in in America's relationship. I need to I do need to refresh my memory. But in terms of a technical chart, this is something I've been watching for about eight months, um, and um, like watching daily for eight months. Um, so I feel quite confident in in having an inclination as to where price is likely to move to. And um, it seems like, just purely from a technical perspective, it does seem like that's uh, on the horizon. If we take a quick look at the short time uh, expansion moving average as well, completely playing into resistance on the hourly time frame. We're not trading above those. On the four hour time frame, it's exactly the same thing with a bit of a coalescence, uh, coalescence around $23 per barrel. Uh, if we zoom out a bit to 12 hour, exactly the same thing. Zoom out to daily just started two days ago two trading days ago that we had the same thing again so trading below all moving averages at the moment so i wouldn't expect a slowdown anytime soon so let's move over to the fun stuff the stuff that we love the crypto so what's my opinions and thoughts on bitcoin so I, I, again guys i started uh looking at uh i started um providing some um, posts on TradingView in terms of my ideas. Um, the issue I have with TradingView is 
that it, I, I do prefer doing these videos. It's probably best to do these videos daily to really convey my thoughts, but um, always feel like there's some aspect lacking in, in terms of what I'm trying to communicate, which is completely on me. It's my role, as, as, it's my responsibility as, as a communicator to be understood. So that's key. But uh, I did say on TradingView that uh, we have this wedge forming. We're likely to see a breakdown from. Didn't expect it to come so quickly. I thought we'd have one more leg up. I thought we'd break above the 50 moving average. But I did kind of just ignore the moving averages, which I don't typically do. And we've been rejected from the 50 day once, twice, three times, four times, five times, six times in the last week or so. So that's showing a bit of weakness at the moment. And um, what's really interesting is I was listening to a fantastic podcast with this miner, mining company, and they were talking about the hardening from a mining perspective and how much sales are moving into every single hardening just due to the very nature of the hardening as they shed old hardware, they have to buy new hardware, especially those that haven't been managing their um, properly. Um, it's a really hard time for them. It's kind of a deciding a, a, a very key point for them. So I wouldn't expect Bitcoin to start doing anything significant until a couple of months after the halvening. Why is this uh, key? Well, if you are a Bitcoin investor, which I assume most of you are, you can just continue to cost average into Bitcoin. That's what I recommend most people do anyway. I don't, I can't say recommend. That's what I, if I'm an intelligent investor, would look to do with Bitcoin from the very early days of me learning about it. I would just cost average in with most of my stack and um, I would start building up a stack that would be um, used for trading altcoins if I would like to trade. There is there is definitely room for trading altcoins to acquire more BTC. It's very necessary uh, for those that would like to acquire more BTC because truth be told, just cost averaging into BTC, you probably have some unrealized potential gains that you could make um, that you probably wouldn't typically make if you just cost averaged in uh, versus cost averaging in plus trading. Um, and if you would like to start, I would recommend just paper trading. You don't have, a, have to have any equity and your funds online. Um, I highly recommend paper trading um, for those that are looking to trade. That looks like Bitcoin is going to be rejected from the 50-day moving average until we start seeing any kind of significant push. We are seeing decreasing volume on this uh, ascending wedge, which hints to me that this wedge hasn't really properly broken out just yet we probably haven't seen this pattern play out completely just yet and arguably speaking we do see one more leg down to the 6k range we could see a bit of a head and shoulders forming so we have a little bit of a shoulder there head here and a shoulder there but that's a lot of a lot of ifs would be a few more steps down first and uh, we are kind of teetering on that range where we're facing a bit of resistance and support as well trading between thousand five hundred and seven thousand dollars uh, or seven thousand two hundred on average so it does seem like we're within a bit of chop which is to be fair where we've been for the last couple of weeks very choppy even though we did have, have a bit of a breakout uh, on the start of April realistically speaking Bitcoin has been very very choppy to trade very very choppy to trade um, which is why altcoins and traditional markets are probably a bit easier to follow um, I have been mentioning previously that Bitcoin's been a bit of a leading indicator for markets. Um, but since the last video I mentioned that in, Bitcoin has pretty much been doing its own thing the entirety of every day I've been looking at Bitcoin compared to markets. If we go back to my, my base ticker list, 
you can see uh, Bitcoin is up, so the stock market, but yesterday Bitcoin was down and the stock market was doing its own thing. They've been, you know, I know they're correlated, but it's not, per it's not perfect. Um, so let's quickly take a look at one more coin, which is Ethereum, and then we're going to move on to the beautiful news for the past couple of days. So Ethereum, a bit of a similar story. The only thing I'd say with Ethereum is that it looks like it's forming a bit of a flag or a pennant, depending on uh, how you do it. But all that means is price compression over a period of time. So if we zoom in, and if I turn off the moving averages, there's a different way to this. We can say we have a high here. Oh, magnet tool, are you turned on? Yes, you are. They're not responding. So you can see we have a high at 0.023, and we have a low that's popped in. Then we have a lower high that popped in as well. Let's get a bit of this action going. Lower high, higher low, lower high. And if you want to get even more into this in terms of short time frames, see we have a parallel channel that has formed right here and if I draw that on a tiny bit better so it does reach key points we can see we've broken out the channel but I mean in terms of where price action is heading we can see we also have this channel which is very straightforward to trade you just um, go long on support and go shorts on resistance um, and it's had it's touched support and resistance quite a few times in this channel so it's likely we're going to get a lower high uh relatively so likely would be a short position of thing moving forward but it would only be you know something you know what percent difference two percent range kind of talking about so nothing too crazy unless you like trading ethereum on leverage on the futures exchange that's possible there but um looking at ethereum it looks like you know we have this have this pattern forming which is very predictable so you need to wait for uh, a break, the upside or downside. It's more likely we'll see a break, uh, you know, zooming out, purely ignoring all the macro factors happening, purely just looking at the chart. Generally speaking, when we see a move up and then consolidation, we usually see another move up then consolidation. But um, again, no guarantees in these markets. It's better to trade the break rather than just assume it's going to go one the other um it's better to wait for it to go one way or another but yeah that's it for the technical analysis section of this video guys uh, again don't forget to subscribe don't forget to take a look at the email list forward slash insider to become a bullion bear insider get that little extra goodness to your crypto world okay so let's move on to news for the past week so um this is this is kind of a no-brainer but imf confirms global recession they're a bit slow to the party and i feel like um a lot of established uh authority authorities so to speak or or you know people that you typically look to for some kind of guidance or general public would they seem to be slow to the game in terms of releasing any information about anything um People have been saying we've been in recession for months, months, months. Um, you know, if I, again, I'm going back to the S&P 500 chart right now just to kind of see the date. But 
Um, I remember we actually had the prop set off on the 20th of February. I remember all the way back uh, in the end of January, people saying we're about to have a recession. Um, I remember when all the top tech CEOs started selling all of their stocks when the market had, you know, probably another month or so of upward price movement. Um, why were they selling their stocks? Because, because they knew what was coming ultimately. And um, it's interesting that IMF is saying it's only saying today that we're in a recession or recently that we're in a recession, um, which is fair because they're probably using data. But again, we've kind of we've kind of known this. Tax fugitive and crypto bull John McAfee announces new privacy coin. So this is very interesting. Um, this is something that's been uh, kind of spoken about for at least two years or at least a year and a half. Um, so let's quickly talk about this. So famed computer programmer, eccentric and crypto advocate John McAfee has announced that he's working on a privacy coin called Ghost. Working on a privacy coin. Working on a privacy coin not released a privacy coin. McAfee tweeted that Ghost will be underpinned by a proof of stake algo and will be tradable against leading cryptocurrencies like swaps on the McAfee DEX decentralized exchange. So I'm very much for decentralized exchanges. I'm very much for peer-to-peer -peer, um, crypto trading. I think that is the future. Uh, I think that needs to be built out. I think that's, that is mandatory for us to have any kind of uh, fi new financial uh system where everyone can, can participate because um there will be a grasp for control and then i'll talk about that a bit later and it seems to be you know moving into the next step from uh the, the old guard which is traditional banking system but um with a decentralized exchange slash privacy coin combo we now have full control over our finances well that's not entirely true is it because you need to get your crypto your your fiat or your your money into a dex into any kind of cryptocurrency and to be honest a privacy coin by john mcafee probably wouldn't be my first choice or first point of call just because the pro probably the, the best privacy coin out there is monero at the moment so let's be realistic monero you know just as something that is privacy coin um, it's probably the best in terms of performing as a privacy coin. Um, but uh, let's quickly talk about this. So, uh, John McAfee cited an ad hoc study conducted advice, which I wouldn't trust because it's not really the best organization in terms of the information they released, um, uh, which found that his promotional tweets drove short time price gains between 50 and 350% for cryptocurrencies, which basically means he's. Uh, broken the law, if, if that's the case. Um, in August 2019, McAfee was embroiled in an obscure dispute with South China Zombie Research Center. I don't think that's really relevant, so let's quickly talk about this. Okay, okay. So, all in all, um, it just seems like a means for him to fundraise, let's be fair, just another way for him to make money, which is not, it's pretty pessimistic to say, but until, um, until there's research on the ghost coin, the ghost protocol, um, which he's releasing by an independent third party that demonstrates that it performs better than Monero or other cryptocurrencies out there that are looking to be privacy coins, which Monero has been proven in, in uh, research to be the best, um, then it's kind of a 
kind of something just not to really pay attention too much attention to other than the fact that John McAfee's running at the moment. Um, moving on. So this was interesting. So cryptocurrency debit card rewards spiked to 6.38%. So crypto debit card and block card built by blockchain company Ternio has increased user rewards, rewards to almost 7% starting April 14th. All block card users existing anew will be entitled to earn 6.38% back in cryptocurrency rewards on all block card purchases with no ceiling or the amounts they can earn. So you can spend $100 or $100,000 and earn 6.38 back on all merchant purchases. So what's really interesting, and we're starting to see more and more in this space, which this, this article is an indication of, is that the future of finance is happening in this space. We're getting accounts, we're getting means of gaining interest greater than anything a bank can offer. Let me just repeat that again. We're getting int means of gaining interest on funds you store, like a savings account, more so than anything a bank can offer, ever, ever. And this space isn't even built out yet. This space is tiny. We're getting cashback greater than anything that a cashback card can offer. So I'm thinking credit card. Credit cards would probably provide the highest rate of return on cashback that you could you could earn from your, deb your, your purchases and they're not offering 6.38%. If they are, do comment below, or if they're offering more, do comment below. That would be fantastic to hear about. But as far as I'm aware, for the average person, that's not available. And this is for the average person. So um, the future of finance is definitely coming from this space, 100%. And there is going to be, you know, and again, I'll touch, I'm gonna to touch upon this in a bit later, but if this is, is, if this is the path this space is going on, once it grows out and so it's reaching, you know, critical mass where more people are using it than they're not, than not um, or enough people are using it so more and more can keep moving into this space, that the old, the old guard, you know, you know, banks and traditional finance just isn't going to be able to compete. It's just not possible. It's not possible. Um, and a lot of that's just due to removing the middleman. So space is is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, moving on. So Coinbase custody to let its clients stake Polkadot tokens via Bison Trails. When I read this title, I was just like, what what it, what are all these things? What is Polkadot? What is Dot tokens? What's Bison Trails? So Coinbase custody and Bison Trails have partnered to let clients stake Polkadot Dot tokens. Bison Trails founder and CEO Joe Lalus, sorry I've butchered his name, told the black, uh, the block that integration with Coinbase Custody will make it incredibly easy for clients to participate in securing Polkadot and earn staking rewards. So Coinbase Custody infrastructure provider uh, Bison Trails have partnered to let clients uh, stake Polkadot tokens. So Polkadot Farms, which is another cryptocurrency project, um, there's nothing particularly special about this project really. If we take a look at, let's go take a look at coin market. And let's type in the dot token. Sorry, I don't have night theme on. I know some of you might be watching this. Is it going to load? Is the search function going to work on coin market cap? Apparently not, which means I can't find what the dot token is. So there we go, polka dots. 
EOT. So I'm doing this just to get the website. So it's ranked 2,086 in terms of uh, rank on coin market cap. Has an unknown market cap, has a 500,000 volume, um, total supply of 10 million dot, is staking coins that probably be worth nothing over time. And Polkadot is a shared protocol that enables blockchain networks to operate seamlessly at scale. So basically it seems like an interoperability uh, chain. So nothing special, um, nothing special. But what we're ultimately seeing here is, I mentioned this with a couple of videos ago, is that staking options on Coinbase custody is increasing. Um, again, this is a means for people to earn I use interest in, in a, in a, you know, a very loosely. Um, it's a way for people to earn interest on the coins they're holding through staking. Um, the only issue is that the value of the of the coin should devalue over time the more that people stake the coin. Um, in a, in the in the very long term, not in the short to medium term. So there's, there there is some risk to that. So something. I disagree with. So Bitcoin will follow Ethereum and move to proof of stakes as Bitcoin Suisse founder. So Nicholas Nicholasjen, Nicola Jessen, uh, the founder of Swiss crypto broker Bitcoin Swiss predicts that Bitcoin BTC will move to proof of stake once the Ethereum network has proved algorithm success. Bitcoin's current proof of work consensus algorithm, the pioneering concept which in fact pre-existed Bitcoin but has since become indissociable from the cryptocurrency will probably change in the future. Nicholas Nicola Jessen argued. So I don't disagree with this being a, a possibility. However, there is an advantage, there is some significant advantages to proof of work over proof of stake. And, um, you know, we've yet to really see any network move over from a proof of work chain to proof of stake chain successfully uh, on their own network. So until Ethereum does that, we shall see but again there is there is i know bitcoin is considered uh old technology which is hilarious because it's only 10 years old um i know it's considered slow to some but these are features not not these are perks these aren't really um negatives because it helps secure the chain it's extremely necessary um so <clears throat> pardon me proof of work is going to be here to stay and there's been, and there's a strong argument that you can't make money out of nothing you know so um one of the best arguments for proof of work is that it's a representation of the energy cost that goes into um creating the network and maintaining the network from a mining perspective yes miners can mine uh proof of stake chains uh, through staking, staking pools ultimately, and that's what it is. Um, but realistically speaking, uh, in terms of you know creating something, creating a money, a harder money, um, something that's proof of work should theoretically be a harder form of money than something that's proof of stake because of just what's gone into create it from a, from just a physics perspective, ignoring everything around you know Bitcoin versus Ethereum, which is purely mean from consensus mechanism something that was proof of work versus proof of stake from a, again, from a physics perspective, 
would should be a harder money because it's, it's come from something. You can't create energy or create something out of thin air. You have to convert it from something else. And um, proof of stake is converting money into money as opposed to creating a harder money. Um, so there'll probably be some cost to moving money to money. Um, so this is a big big piece of news and it was to be expected. So G20 watchdog warns nations to mitigate risks posed by Libra stablecoins, specifically stablecoins that already exist in the crypto space and uh, stablecoins created by, by nation states. So basically what this is, is G20 countries saying that they need to maintain control or be warned that they need to uh, main, maintain control of money and that money should not be created by private entities and it should be created by centralized governments and that's the current system we have and um, truth be told it completely makes sense from a stability perspective of maintaining central government's role central bank's role in terms of uh, creating money but also from an economic stability perspective for these countries individually because if we start to have foreign uh countries creating their own uh crypt uh you know di uh, cryptocurrencies ultimately what that would be doing is allowing looser rules in terms of uh kyc and anti-money laundering and and uh uh countering terrorist financing ultimately that's why these sanctions uh theoretically exist but when it comes to a private company, they, they're borderless. They have no country. So technically speaking, if a Libra coin were to exist, anyone could access it. Anyone could transact value. Where would, where would terrorists uh, move, move money? Or where would money launderers move money between country to country? Well, it, they would try to do it through that network. However, you know, these networks are tied to identity. And I'm sure they go through the same KYC uh, AML procedures that they typically would. But that's kind of been one of the attracting uh, aspects of uh, or criticisms of stable coins by something like a Libra or like a central, or like, like a nation state, because they get the worst of both world, worlds. Money is already digital. It's not like people are going to have extra access to the, to the stable coins that they wouldn't have access to typically. Um, so they'll still be excluded from the system. They still won't be able to participate in, in a broader economy. Um, so what good are these? is it for these people? Um, so, you know, it makes sense that there would be some kind of concern from uh, the Financial Stability Board of G20. Um, but realistically speaking, there's not really much they could do except try to ban stablecoins and cryptocurrencies in general, which is probably at some point you know, it's it's a real it's a real coin toss. If I'm honest with you guys, because the more and more people flock to this space, the more and more people will use this space, the less and less there is a role for central banks. The less and less there is a role for the traditional economic system, the way it's set up. You know, and there probably will be a tipping point if um, you know we do see a new new. Uh, world reserve currency you know where you know and to be quite honest the, do the dollar is on its kind of last legs in that regard if that does come from the cryptocurrency space which it may or may not then you know those looking to grasp the power will do everything they can to kind of maintain power so there probably will be a point 
you know, if you look at the history of gold, gold was confiscated by the American governments. Um, what's going to stop governments from trying to confiscate crypto from people, realistically speaking? Um, so there's something to think about. Um, or ban ban it before it even reaches that point. So that's something to think about. So um, we shall see. Um, but that's the same article. So let's talk a bit, bit about Bitcoin. So despite everything that's going on in the markets, Bitcoin is still the best performing asset of the past year despite a chilling crash. So I saw uh, some statistics on this. Bitcoin is basically up 1% since the start of the year. S&P is down, uh, I can't remember how much, but it's down and so is gold, it's down. Um, and, got, and oil is obviously down. Um, Bitcoin has managed to be the best performing asset, technically speaking, since the start of the year. Um, it hasn't performed as people would have expected it to perform or hoped it to perform during a traditional market crash or liquidity crunch. But um, in terms of it com performing compared to the, to the rest of the markets, only due to the fact that it's been up so much and has been outperforming um, so uh, earlier in the year compared to traditional markets, that the kind of negative aspect that, that many people felt during the, the, the start of recession slash depression um, has kind of been offset. So Bitcoin year today is actually up 1%. So it's still the best performing asset, which is really interesting. Um, and probably not what people were expecting in terms of uh, what's when looking back at what's been happening recently. So moving on. Binance launches peer-to-peer -peer crypto trading in India and Indonesia. Binance decentralized exchange launching in these emerging economies, which are quite complex economies. But what, what I'm kind of, uh, not disappointed by, but expecting from Binance or another exchange, a major exchange, is just to launch a global decentralized exchange with a great user interface. And um, that's yet to really come, that everyone can kind of have access to. Um, it really, it, I know I know Cha Peng Zhao, CEO of Binance, has mentioned that we really need this in this space, but uh, it seems like they're still providing on and off ramps to a decentralized exchange, whereas a true decentralized exchange would have to be some one that you could just send crypto to with no fiat on and off ramp. Um, a bit like a BitMEX, except not a futures exchange, but where there's no fiat on and off ramp. So it just means that when it comes to uh, regulations, it's much more easier to operate or keep it running, at least in, at least in the medium to long term. Last piece of news. So, um, stock to flow model. So, stock to flow, very simple model looking at supply versus uh, demand ultimately uh, with a Bitcoin chart. It's looking at the price versus the halvening. Apparently, according to this model, price is meant to be going absolutely crazy relatively soon. But if we do look at the previous halvening, we didn't really start to see the model fall in line until uh, a year and a half after um, price um, price kind of uh, started to slowly climb up. 
which is what we'll probably see moving forward, but just in a much longer time frame. Uh, so probably two plus years before we kind of see, or maybe three years before we see Bitcoin hit uh, $100,000, if it were to hit $100,000 and above per coin. But what's very interesting is the current positioning of where Bitcoin is now, because Bitcoin is right, is uh, moving into the, the halving. I think there's 29 days left since the recording of this audio slash video. And it is massively oversold compared to its historical values when approaching halvening. So if there were ever a time to buy Bitcoin, purely looking at these charts, looking at the residual strength index, suggesting it's the most oversold it's ever been pre-halvening and the stock to flow model, this would be a great time to just chuck money into BTC, apparently. Purely looking at these two, these two indicators. Also looking at search volume for Bitcoin halvening, um, it outflanks previous all-time highs. So a really good metric for looking at um, the health of cryptocurrency. There's a few things, and it's not price. It's firstly, develop, developer activity. Secondly, uh, social media conversation or activity around that, crypt, around that project. Is it increasing along with developer activity? And then it is one third, one other thing that I, escapes my mind, but it's a really good indicator. Apologies for not remembering that. But Google Trend Searches is actually quite a useful uh, tool to give us a hint as to the pulse of the average person looking to move into the space and people already in the space. So I'll just compare this to traditional markets, okay? So one of the biggest search terms at the moment is how to buy stocks which is probably a bad sign because retail investors are likely the first to be really burned uh, with uh, stock market, entering the stock market if they're really that fresh because the type of person that's searching how to buy stocks probably doesn't know much about, about traditional markets, let's be fair. Um, same with someone asking how to buy Bitcoin, they probably don't know much about Bitcoin other than someone might have said, you should probably buy Bitcoin. That was a great time to buy Bitcoin. You're gonna make some money buying Bitcoin um, now. Um, but the, the search term we're seeing now is Bitcoin halving. P halving. So more people are searching for Bitcoin halving uh, compared to previous halving. And that might just be due to more people being in the space, um, but it's pretty a pretty interesting indicator a lot of people are keeping their eyes on this and a lot of people are probably watching to see if price is going to slowly creep up which is what's likely to happen so again if you're not cost averaging into btc i do recommend you learn about cost averaging into any kind of any kind of asset class uh, of course i'm biased i uh, i am pro btc i'm a bitcoiner um, i have my biases but i also do recommend learning about other asset classes, trading other asset classes, making money, taking gains off the table, moving it into something that's tangible out of this space as well, because it gives you, uh, you know, if it's just ones and zeros on the screen, what's the, what's the actual point? If it's not improving your life or changing your life in any positive way. Um, but yeah, that's it for today's video, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Um, again, do go to bullenbearcrypto.com forward slash insider, join the email list, subscribe, uh, leave a review on iTunes if you listen to this in audio version. And I hope you have an amazing day. I shall see you in the next video. Wishing you guys all the very best.